You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, we jump into some whitetail hunting stories. My friend Kale Staten shares a story of a stud whitetail that he shot with his bow. And then my buddy Link shares a hilarious story that is sure to make you laugh of, you know, a really, really great whitetail failure. So I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Kale Staten. I'm from uh, Forney, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And you're listening to Archery Maniacs. So basically what I'm talking about is my biggest uh, whitetail buck I've ever killed in my life. Um, I've been, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I've been hunting since I was uh, probably seven or eight years old, you know, starting at, you know, little, little, you know, just when everybody starts out squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that and hunting deer my entire life. And uh, I've never really killed a nice uh, free range whitetail. And, uh, I've been uh, waiting my entire life to do this until last year. I was able to, it's all able to come together. And um, I was working my butt off uh, on a place that I've hunted, trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to put my stands and exactly how to set it up. I've made several adjustments over the years. And it's probably uh, June or July. I went to uh, my land and did a little bit of work, and I checked my trail cameras, and I had a pretty nice eight point, is what it was at this point, on camera. I had I had a several bucks that were show potential, but one really stood out. Um, actually, when I showed my 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 buddies that hunt the same place, and they were when I saw their reaction, I knew it was. It was not just a, a normal buck, but uh, anyway, uh, as the year went on, you know, I I kept uh, checking my camera, and he kept frequenting the area. It happened to be him and um, another buck that was basically a mainframe seven point, but uh, he was actually eight legal points, but it was a tiny a tiny eight point that was barely an inch made him an eight point but they were best buddies and they both of these deer were uh five five to seven years old one one was one the seven point i I think was actually older than the the one i ended up killing and uh i was able to watch him from basically june until october when i when i was able to start hunting him texas the archery season starts basically the first Saturday that is closest to October 1st. Okay. So whether that's, whether that's October 3rd or September 27th, 
it's it's whatever is closest to October first, the Saturday. So uh, the very first, you know, just like anything, whitetail seems like the very first sit is the you have the best chance of killing a buck. Is what I feel like. And the very first time you come into an area to invade his area to hunt him is, is the best time. So the very first weekend, very first opening day, he was frequenting my stand in the evenings. So I knew the evening hunt on the first time I sat was going to be my best chance. So <clears throat> me and my daughter, we made it, to, you know, my daughter's not going to miss the hunt with me, but she, I, uh, <laughs> this is since, uh, she was nine years old at the time. Uh, I, I was still letting, she was still letting me, she was still letting me kill the trophy bucks on my place. So, um, we hunted, we hunted the first day of the season, just like clockwork. Very first deer at my, in my, at my set showed up. This is Bob was my big buck. I don't name my bucks or anything like that. He ended up being an eight point with a kicker. He had uh, about a two inch kicker off of his G2. And, uh, very first deer in that evening two hours before dark you know first weekend in texas is about 95 degrees at that time we're in a uh elevated pop-up is what we are i i built a stand to elevate a pop-up we have no trees on the land that i hunt uh taller than six feet so um i ended up putting a uh a pop-up blind 10 foot up 10 feet off the ground on a platform he shows up first day of the season just like he's supposed to gets in front of me turns broadside at 20 yards um everything i'm supposed to do went right out the window (laughs) 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 right out the window i've never had a buck this big in front of me i've never had a buck uh, a chance to to shoot a buck like this um I, I, I shoot competitive archery. I shoot uh, year-round uh, indoor 3D archery. I shoot at the national level. I shoot at uh, multiple states all around the United States. I, I, I'm, I'm, I shoot year-round. So a 20-yard shot at a 200-pound mature 5- to 6-year-old buck standing broadside at 20 yards, I should be able to shoot any hair on that deer that I wanted with my eyes closed. <laughs> so I drew back. I did not aim at the deer and I fired and I shot right over his back. <laughs> and what I didn't tell you about the story at that time, I had 10 bucks in front of me and, and people were probably laughing, but I did have 10 bucks, 10 different bucks in front of me. Three of them were bigger than anything I've ever killed. I was so excited, so worked up. My heart was racing. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I did. I drew back. I, I don't. I guess I didn't even aim at him. I shot six inches over his back. Um, I guess it, it, people that don't know in Texas, you have uh, pigs, pig problem. So we shoot, we hunt over feeders a lot of times. I had a feeder. I had a pen around my feeders. I call it a pen. Cause I keep the pigs out and the cows out is what, what it keeps out. And I remember my arrow ricocheting off the side of my pen 
and flying off because I had a Luminoc on there. And uh, it flew off into the distance. And the, every deer jumped out of there like a grenade went off, ran off in every different direction. And I, I, I felt like I was the, I felt like I was the worst. I, I don't even, I, you know, I, I was so, I was, I can't say the words on your podcast that I wanted to say at that point. And my nine-year-old daughter and my, <laughs> and my nine-year-old daughter was sitting next to me. So that's the biggest reason I didn't want to say what I, what I said. I was so, I was so pissed off at myself. I wanted to just jump out of my tree stand, land on my head. I was so mad. Uh-huh. I can make that shot. A hundred times out of a hundred, you know, yeah, no matter what. And uh, I shot six inches over his back. Well, just like mature bucks do, you don't get second chances at mature bucks. I don't care if you hunt the feeder. I don't care where if you're hunting Texas, Kansas, Iowa, Wyoming, Wyoming, wherever. (laughs) You don't get second chances at big mature bucks. So. I knew it was, it, it was, it was, I screwed everything up anyway. So I, I was pissed and I was trying not to be a bad example in front of my daughter, which I was, I was a bad example for a second, but, uh, but, uh, I, I, I try to get past this uh-huh. and, uh, and not alone. And, and, and also the, the, the eight other guys on my dear, my dear lease, uh, were making fun of me at this point. So, um, of course, right? So, anyway, I had to regroup. Um, so, on my place, we uh, people that don't hunt Texas don't don't know what what a deer lease is like. So, we hunt we hunt thirty five hundred acres. There's eight of us on it, so it's it's not a small place. That's a pretty big place for Texas, and and just eight people. That's that's not a, you know, we have quite a bit of land, you know, spread out. So we're not hunting on top of each other. Uh huh. And um, we have a a, a rule that's uh, we're community stands. Basically, we can hunt anybody's stand at any time, uh, with one exception, uh, without without the permission. The only exception is the first two weeks of season, you can only hunt your stand um, without permission to hunt somewhere else. You know, so if if I wanted to go kill a doe on somebody else's stand and I asked them, hey, can I go hunt your stand? Absolutely. They wouldn't care. But obviously the first two weeks of the season, they're like, well, let me go hunt their stand and kill a trophy buck. Uh. You know, <laughs> no, nobody would. I wouldn't even ask. But um, but that's one of the rules. So I have two weeks basically to kill this buck because everybody on my lease knows because they're my buddies. And I'm stupid and told them that I had to come in. <laughs> and uh <laughs> They, they, I had two weeks to kill this deer. Well, the second, the, basically it's, uh, the second, the next weekend I could not hunt. I had work obligations and I couldn't get there. So I had one more, basically one more weekend to hunt. Um, because it's, it's like 16 days. It's the first weekend plus the second weekend all the way to the, if that makes sense. It's like October 16th is, was my last day uh-huh. that nobody could hunt my spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the second weekend I couldn't hunt, so I'm freaking out. The, 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 when I go back to my place to hunt, I went by myself, and uh, I knew if I didn't kill him this weekend that, uh, that uh, somebody else would be hunting my spot because they would come midweek or they'd come the next day. I was hunting Saturday, Sunday. 
they would come Monday and hunt my spot because it was the biggest biggest deer on camera so far that year on our place. Uh huh. Out of thirty, out of thirty five hundred acres, to have the biggest deer frequenting your spot, you know that's something you want. And everybody else was was else was wanting to wanting to get a chance at him also, you know. <laughs> and um, so anyway, uh, I, uh, I I I made a point. I got there early. Um, I, I, the first day I was there, uh, it was a Friday night. I got there in time for the evening hunt. The wind was completely wrong. It was at my back. It was blowing in it into my setup. So I hunted a different stand because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, for one, he, it, I missed him the first time. What I didn't tell y'all, okay, let me, let me back check a little bit. When I shot him, when I shot at him, he jumped out of the stand. He ran about 75 yards, and he just stood there. I have a pen for, for 60, so I, would have, I wouldn't have mind shooting at a deer at 70. I, I, practice, I practice 80, 90 yards often. So if, if that size of a buck was staying out there, I probably would have tried. But there was quite a few trees in between me and him. Gotcha. It's pretty thick of an area. But uh, I could see him through my binoculars just standing there confused as hell, like, what the hell was that sound? What, what, you know? So I knew he wasn't too scared because he didn't smell me and he didn't see me. He just heard a loud uh, boom or twang or whatever you want to call it off the uh, side of the damn pen that I have made to keep pigs out. And uh, so he was just confused on on a loud noise and we didn't make a noise and we sat there quietly until it was completely pitch black. But uh, several of the bucks actually came back after I shot at him uh, to my area. Um, But uh, so, anyway, fast forward to October 16th. Um, the first day, I didn't hunt the spot because the wind was completely wrong. I'm looking at my uh, I'm looking at my weather forecast for the next day, and the wind switched up just a little. It was kind of out, out instead of like uh, north and south, it was uh, more like a a northwest wind or a northeast wind or something like that. You know, uh-huh. it was just it was just a little so if he came in from my left he would be coming he he would he wouldn't be downwind of me but if he came in from my right he would be downwind of me so i had a 50/50 shot of him not being in my wind and so the second day i decided hey this is my last day to get an actual shot at this deer i'm gonna, i'm going to hunt the i'm going to hunt stand no matter what and i took a chance Anyway, I got there early. I set up, and everybody, you know, my guys make fun of me and make, or not make fun of me, mess with me, and and uh, we mess with each other, and we're good-hearted. We know each other for a long, long time, and and but but ultimately, we want each other to be successful. Uh huh. So at this point, you know, they're kind of rooting for me. They're being nice. They're you know, keep me informed. We're on a group text. I got eight guys on a group text, and it's. And uh, a lot of times it's 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 messing with each other, making fun of each other, but but they're they're supportive also. But this night I remember they were like, "Keep us informed, let us know." They were tell me when he shows up, this and that. So early, two hours before dark, his buddy shows up, the big seven point that I was telling you about. Uh huh. And he shows up like two hours before dark, and I'm like, man, this this may be over quick. <laughs> you know, and this guy's standing in front of me eating uh, and and just hanging out. And 
the longer it goes, the more I'm texting the guys. I'm like, I'm just going to shoot the seven point. I've never killed a deer this big. He's bigger than anything I've ever killed with my bow. I'm just going to shoot him. And one guy in particular kept saying, do not do it. Stop. Don't shoot that deer. You know, and he kept texting me. And I, I sent him pictures and all kinds of stuff through group text. And I'm just going to shoot him. And uh, they, 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 they kept griping at me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I'm looking at my watch now. And I hung out of a pop-up because there's no uh, trees uh in texas that or, or and not in texas in my area that are are big enough for a, a hang on stand or a ladder stand or anything like that i would rather hunt out of that but uh what happens is in a pop-up you lose about 20 minutes of light yep so legal shooting light may be over in october at 8 15 because it's you know early season the time change hasn't happened before and you're able to shoot late but in reality, you probably have to start shooting at about 7.50, 8 o'clock, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier than legal shooting light ends. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, holy shit. It's it's getting down to the end. This deer only comes in the evenings, not in the mornings. I only have tomorrow morning left to hunt, and he's not here yet. So then I'm more tempted to shoot this damn deer. The, the seven point still there. And now another buck came in as a 10 point, which was what's nice there too. Mature five and a half year old buck bigger than anything I ever shot. So I have two deer now in front of me bigger than any deer I've got on my wall. And, uh, anyway, so finally I see him coming and I have maybe three to five minutes of light where I can actually shoot a deer. And out of my stand. Legally, I have 20 minutes. But I have three to five minutes maximum of light to be able to shoot this deer. I need this deer to run in, turn sideways, and stop. That's what I need. What did he do? He ran in, turned sideways, and stopped. <laughs> now, holy shit. <laughs> so, this is a, this is going to happen. So, this time, I'm like, I've got to aim at the deer. <laughs> That's what you do with a bow, right? You have to aim at the deer. So, that's right anyway, I, <laughs> most people do. Most people do that kill deer, aim at the deer. <laughs> I forgot to aim at the deer two weeks before. So, anyway, I remember uh, I drew the bow, and when I put my pen on him, I couldn't see my pen uh. because it was too dark. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But full draw, so I raised my pen up above his back, and I could see my pen. And then I lower it down. I couldn't see my pen. So then I went below his belly and I could see my pen. But then I raised it back up and I couldn't see my pen. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So you may or may not like to hear what, I, what, I, what I'm saying. I kind of did this two or three times. At 20 yards, I can shoot a dime. Yep. I, I shoot year-round. I practice year-round. I know my equipment. My bow is perfectly tuned. This is a very easy shot. I'm at 20 yards. The deer's completely, completely calm, eating, winds blowing, not not in his direction. He has no clue anything's going on. He's a five-and-a-half-year-old buck in Texas, a 200-pound buck. He's a big deer. He's standing completely broadside, no problem at all. 
ball went above his back and I lowered the pin and I went below his belly and I raised the pin and I kind of guesstimated exactly where I needed to shoot and I fired. I ended up firing the deer. Goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think most hunters would have. That, that's confident in their shot. I think most of them would have. Yeah. And and I spined the deer. That's not what I wanted to do. I still, he dropped in his tracks. I loaded another arrow and I shot him again and he died within 30 seconds. Yep. You know, but it was, it was insane. I was, I'm sitting there and I don't know who to text first. My group text or my wife. Me. Me. From now <laughs> right? on, it's me. Well, okay. From now I didn't know on, you then or me. I would have texted you. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up, uh, I, I ended up texting my wife. He's dead is, is all I could text him, text her. Then, uh, um, uh, I think all I could get to my friends was dead, and uh, <laughs> my phone my phone starts ringing immediately out of my stand uh, in my I'm not even out of my blind. My phone starts ringing immediately, and uh, my buddy's calling me, and I answering him, and I'm 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 freaking out, and I was like I hung up on him, I hung up on him because I'm freaking out, and I call my wife, and I'm trying to tell my wife, and I'm I'm I can't even speak, I'm stuttering. Uh, I'm stuttering and uh, trying to get the words out, you know, and, and, and she knows how much I, I love hunting. She knows, but, but she's not a hunter. So, so there's a little bit of her that doesn't understand exactly how important it is. Um, but, uh, you know, she does support me, but uh, anyway, I was able to just basically tell her just a few words that, that I killed him. And, uh, anyway, that's, that's what happened. You know, so now I need help getting the goddamn thing loaded up. But, uh, I had, luckily I had one other guy, uh, there that at my place that he came over there. He ended his hunt early to come over and help me. But, uh, what's funny is we have a, uh, kind of a unwritten rule. If you kill a trophy, um, on our place, you have to take everybody out to dinner. <laughs> on That's your bullshit. <laughs> we have a uh, in the little small town that we hunt near. We have a uh, a steakhouse. It's a pretty it's a pretty neat place. It's not the it's a it's a small town steakhouse, and we take that's where we go celebrate. But uh, I lucked out. I only had one other guy there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so my my uh, tab was a little cheaper than taking eight guys plus their families to the steakhouse on a on a. Uh, um, on a celebration dinner. So yeah. Anyway. Well, man, I like I say before, I appreciate you sharing your story with me. Yeah. Um, you went through a lot of trials and tribulations. It always sucks when you miss a deer. Like for sure. There's no way to get around it. Whether it's literally a doe or a forkhorn, all the way up to a 200 inch deer. When you decide you're going to kill a deer and you miss, it sucks. Right, right. So, like, I appreciate you sharing that story with me and being honest and tearing, you know, and telling the whole the whole thing. I really appreciate it. Right, right. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. All right, there you have it. The biggest buck that Kale Staten has shot to date. It was an awesome story. Now, let's hop on over to Link Casey's <laughs> unlikely story that's sure to make you laugh. <laughs> if I, if you, you know, if there's, a story that you have that is for sure a failure. Uh, well, 
we would, of course, love to hear it. <laughs> hmm. Let's see here. Trying to think, trying to think. A for sure failure. For sure failure. Okay, I have a for sure failure. This this is awesome. This yeah, this is going to be good. But now, I didn't actually miss the deer for lack of like not shooting or whatever you want to call it. It was a complete run of bad luck. I was walking to the stand one morning, and I was running late, and and it was a whole series of events that kind of that screwed me completely over. So I'm going to the stand, and I'm kind of rushing a little bit because I'm a little bit late, you know, and I wanted to get up in the tree before I started moving around, didn't want to bump anything. And uh, <coughs> so as I'm going to the stand, this buck pops out, and, and which now, and he and he was in front of my stand before I got there. I was hunting a, a small little little food plot, you know, and then as, as I was going to the food plot, coming over a, a, a small little knoll, you know, you can kind of overview the field there. So I stopped for a second, and there was a, a nice buck out in the middle of that food plot. So, and down in, which I was in South Georgia at the time, and then if nobody's ever been down to South Georgia, you know, there's a few little swampy areas and, you know, kind of marshy areas, you know, stuff like that. So I had to cross through this little, we call, we call it a bog. What would y'all call it a bog out there in Wyoming? Yep, or yeah, cattail patch or a bog. Yep. So I'm going through this little bog, and I'm trying to creep through there, and I'm like, you idiot! You're not going to be able to get in your stand to shoot this deer. You're going to have to you're going to have to stalk up to the edge of this field and then wait for him to present a good shot. You know, because it, it was probably you know the field was probably about a hundred yards long and he was you know slightly past center. All right, so if I got to the edge of the field and he stayed there, he was going to be maybe six you know fifty sixty yards away. And uh, so I'm, I need to knock an arrow. So I, I slowly take off my pack. You know, I knock an arrow. And as soon as I knocked the arrow, I looked down at my wrist, and I had forgot my release in the truck. <laughs> so I didn't have to leave. I'm like, God almighty. And I said, I'm just, I said, hell with it. I'm going to command you this thing, and I'm just going to go a three-finger on it, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I was going to shoot this deer. I mean, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was, he was, he was a right nice buck. So I'm cre- I'm creeping through there, you know. I've got you know got my bow ready. I'm gonna three finger this thing. So as soon as I get maybe ten yards from the edge of the field, you know, I, I had stepped on a squishy spot. And sometimes in those bogs, you step on a soft spot. Sometimes like an air pocket will come up, and it kind of sounds like you farted, you know. But it's like five <laughs> times louder. <laughs> on this spot, and this damn air releases, and this buck is like he puts the radar up, and man, he is zoned in on where I'm at. You know, and he's just sitting there looking, and he can't see me because I'm still behind this, you know, this little bit of brush, you know, just about ten yards off in the field. So it's like a complete standoff, you know. And like at that point, and it always seems to happen. I mean, I'm standing there trying not to move, you know, and then like my butt starts to itch, and then my head starts to itch, and I'm like, oh my god, this itching is getting unbearable. I need to scratch my ass, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, though. That's why I laugh because I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, it was—it's just unbearable, you know. And you're like, "Oh my God, please God, make him look the other way so I can scratch my right cheek." Yeah. <laughs> so, finally, and it seemed like an hour, you know, just a few minutes. Finally, he goes back. He grazes a little bit, you know. So, you know, I get everything scratched, and and so I take one more step, and I I stand up a little taller, and I can shoot over this over this bush. 
And I ranged him, and he was, I think he was like 61 or 62 yards, I think it was. So when I had took that step, <coughs> I had led with my right foot, you know, which and I'm a right-handed shooter. So, you know, I'm, I, when I shoot, I lead with my left foot. Right-handed so shooters to, anyways. Yeah, right-handed shooters. You know, somebody's <laughs> left-handed. I, I think that's, what I think. <laughs> that's why I suck so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't go with your left-handed draw. <laughs> okay, Sky, that was my bad. I cut you off pretty bad. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I turned to put my left foot forward, and I and and you know, and remember, I'm I'm going through this bog, you know, and that's what got almost got me busted the first time with a swampy mess. So, but what I didn't know is where I had stepped, and that air came out. I was stepping. I was not on the ground. I was on a huge, like, spider web of cypress roots. And down here with these cypress trees, they'll grow in these swamps, and the roots will be, you know, just under the moss or on top of the water. And you might, you might be two feet down to the bottom of the water, but you're standing on top of the water on these, on these cypress knee roots, you know. So as soon as I go to move, I go to plant my foot down, there's nothing there. So I just <laughs> up to my waist. <laughs> I've been there, man. Oh yeah. I mean, it was I, so I didn't have my release. I was gonna, I was gonna straight up Indian that thing, and then I'm, I sink up to my waist, and it's just gnarly, wet mud mess. So then this deer is completely spooked. But when, but the strangest thing was, is he spooks and runs in my direction for some reason, and I don't know why. So instead of running away, he runs closer. You know. So when I, when I'm sunk up to my waist. You know, I can see him through underneath the bushes at this point because I was going to shoot above the bush. So I can see him. So I range him again, and, he, and he's, he's like just under 40 yards. I think it was 38 or 39, something like that, just under 40. So I'm like, I'm still going to try to kill him. I'm already sunk waist deep in this mud, you know. <laughs> and uh, and he is zoned in on me, man. Like he's he, he, he ran closer to me, but he's still staring at me. Like he knows that sound came from there. He just hadn't seen me yet. So I draw my bow back, and, it's, and when I draw my bow back, of course, he's doing that little, you know, he's doing like the disco head bob, you know, that YMCA mess trying to look around these bushes. He's going all back and forth with his head and, and everything. And uh, so I get drawn back, and like I say, I'm three-fingering this thing, so I'm trying to figure out where my anchor point's going to be because my fingers aren't long enough, and then my string is not in the right spot as far as the tip of my nose and all this mess. So I'm trying to figure it out how to make a good shot. And I finally get comfortable with it, and I release it. And what I didn't think of was there was a barbed wire fence in, in, right in front of me at like five feet. So, and I hit, I hit the strand of that barbed wire fence, and that arrow, and I had a luminoc on it. That arrow, I swear to God, was like a NASA rocket. It went directly <laughs> straight up in the air. <laughs> it sounded like a bullet ricocheted on a cartoon. It was like, you know, it, it scared that buck. That's what I guarantee you he probably jumped 10 foot up in the air, and he never touched the ground as he was running away. I mean, he was going mock four <laughs> going through there. <laughs> oh, man. You know, no, no equipment failure, just absolute, just dumb luck stupidity on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what to say, man. You're already down in the dumps. You might, you might as well finish the stock off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And if if I'd have shot that deer, then like that would have been like my number one legendary story of shooting the deer. I'd like he he was he was probably maybe like in the you know like the high one thirties of the eight point. Uh huh. You know he had he had a pretty good spread on him. He was a nice looking buck, real symmetrical, you know. And and uh, so I was going to shoot him, and I probably wouldn't have mounted him, you know, if I'd have shot him from a stand normally. But if I'd have shot that buck, I'd have mounted that deer. For damn sure, just because of the story. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney and Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.